You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Talk to us I, think, I think without going like too deep and meaningful into it, but like leading up to um, the last few years, like let's say, let's say the last five years has got better, but before that, I was, mate, I was deeply unhappy as in personally. So social media was my way of feeling better as in it social media would not ha- you would not see a photo of me on social media where I wasn't I didn't have like the perfect angle and the perfect lift and a good outfit and my hair in place because I just cared about what people thought and I had no idea why and it wasn't until like, actually your head honcho Sarah Durnford and I had a very long chat and she just helped me realize she was like look you need to like sort you out first stop stressing about anything else and I really 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 took that to heart and um and it was when I had my I I, so I've (laughs) I've had like three hip surgeries um and then um then I had um my son and then I had an emergency c-section which came with other complications and so in a space of like two years well maybe longer I went from being very strong very fit but very insecure (laughs) um into being well I've got no choice but to accept this is where I am like after I'd had him I couldn't sneeze I couldn't bend down I could just about pick him up and so the thought of training was just so far away from what I did so I didn't train at all for 12 weeks um and the first move I tried to do (laughs) was a push-up I used to be really good at push-ups and I just couldn't do it and I was absolutely I was so upset and I had to, it was a big pill to swallow, but in hindsight, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It's understanding that, yeah, you used to be able to do all this stuff, but your body has been through something it has never been through before. Some women respond really well to pregnancy and labor and they can they seem to sort of bounce back. Um, I wasn't one of those people. Um, there are still things, even uh, my son's seven months old on Friday. I can't, I can't do a sit up yet. Okay. It's, and I, and I was like, oh yeah, 12 weeks and uh, mm-hmm. I'll be back on it and that'd be great. And it's just, it's very, very humbling. Um, but the best the best thing I could say to anyone and I do say to people, I get so many messages about it, is just be okay with it. It will get better. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Ricky is a fitness industry expert, having been helping people achieve their fitness goals since 2002. We talk everything fitness, business, and group exercise to help you on your fitness journey. Today's guest is Kate Slee. And if you're a long time Les Mills instructor, uh, you'll be very, very familiar with Kate Slee. Kate Slee was on the Les Mills UK trainer team for a number of years. And she left the Les Mills trainer team in 2018 and now currently runs her own business of online personal training, running her own gym, and doing online education in terms of level two and level three through Origin Series, and uh, which she runs with her partner, Mark. Um, and she has recently just had a beautiful little baby who we will talk about loads during this podcast. Uh, so much fun doing this podcast. Hope you enjoy. 
the GFI, the online PT business course, I've got to let you know, we are currently onboarding for the month of August. We have a limited amount of spaces and in September, the price is going up. So just so you know, um, I know that sounds like a little bit of a, a sales chat and scarcity call, I suppose it is, but that's just the reality of it. So we're going to take on 20 people in the month of August. Uh, time of recording on the 7th. I want to say we've taken on five. Um, if I'm completely honest, we've taken on four, and I've just uh, got a call with a girl later on today. But anyway, the the 28 day course allows you, as a group fitness instructor, to leverage your group fitness instructor business and start doing online PT within the 28 days. We have numerous success stories of the first batch that went through. Uh, probably the biggest one would be, or the one that springs to mind the most, is Kathy who went from in May and June, she was literally struggling to put food on the table and she now has excess income. Excess income? Extra income? Additional income is the word for of over £1,500 per month and that's all from online PT. Um, so yeah, that's the sort of, if they're the sort of results that you want, give us a shout, check out the links in the show notes, read all the details yourself. Secondly, our other two podcast sponsors, Putting for Sport Body Core Training, Putting for Sport Northern Ireland Sports Retailers of the Year. Check out all their details on the website and check out Body Core Training for all your level two and level three needs. Over to the podcast. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Welcoming to the podcast is Kate Slee. Kate was an international presenter for Les Mills for 10 years before creating Origin Series with her partner Mark. Alongside presenting at fitness events around the world, she has trained hundreds of people on how to be instructors. Kate is a Reebok-sponsored athlete for Team Reebok UK. That involves not only competing in a variety of CrossFit events globally, but also being an ambassador for what Reebok stands for. Reebok's mission is to inspire people everywhere to be the absolute best physically, mentally and socially, something we at Origin and Kate are really passionate about. Kate is a mum, she's an entrepreneur, she's a gym owner and <laughs> she's on the mic. Hello, that was like the best intro ever. I've been practicing that all day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, love it. I love it when I'm looking to do an introduction for someone and they have it on their website. Right. And I'm just like, boom, I can use that. So I got that straight off your website. Uh, oh, see, you didn't website. have to admit that, Ricky. Like, someone would have just thought you'd have just whipped that up all by yourself. I'm too honest. I'm too <laughs> honest. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, t- tell the listeners, you know, about yourself. You know, where, where do we begin with Kate Slee? Oh, where do you want to begin? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was with Les Mills for um, a very long time. I was lucky enough to get flown around the world and see some really cool places and meet lots and lots of people i got to do um like one live big events are they still called that i have no idea the change everything super quarterly mega quarterly live one live Uh, no no, nobody (laughs) knows what they're called yeah one live (laughs) one live gfx nobody knows yeah gfx that was the other one yeah yeah um yeah so i got to do lots of those i was really lucky and also got to do um module training and aims as well um yeah and I left I actually left over two years ago which not mad that is actually ludicrous behavior what has happened two years um but yeah so I left two years ago um and it's been a little bit a little bit busy since but that was the plan the plan was to leave for something 
um, for for me and for um, for my business rather than um, yeah, I felt like I'd, I'd done my bit. There's so many things that you know would be valuable for people to kind of listen to throughout this conversation. We we could probably talk for hours, um, but just being a little bit more specific, you've created like two businesses, so you've got your well maybe three. So you've got your gym, you've got online training, and you've got like educational based training. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we started off by, so my partner and I both wanted to, we always wanted to own a gym originally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of a long-term end goal. Um, and when I had decided that I felt like I needed to leave um, Les Mills to pursue it, because I honestly feel like to be a, a trainer at a top level, you have to commit everything to it. You have to be okay with being away weekends you have to be okay traveling on your own a lot you have to be you just you have to just be fully 100% committed to giving up as much time as possible and I had done that for a long time and I was starting to feel like I wanted to pursue something else and didn't feel like it was fair um, on either avenue if I stayed so um, yeah so we set up uh, instead of going for a gym first and foremost we saw we knew that online training was just like starting to like peak um mm-hmm. it was it was starting to crop and um so we thought well why don't we just all we're going to lose is time if this doesn't work we'll have put loads of effort into it and loads of time but not huge amounts of you know like money or we won't have had to leave a job to do it mm-hmm. um so yeah that's what we did and we set it up in december 17 mm-hmm. and yeah it's been really good like it's been really really we've been like very fortunate like we've, it's been really busy um and then within six months of us doing online training programs and nutrition for clients, um, we decided to uh, set up a training provider as well. So I've done, obviously done module training for Les Mills, but never the bit beforehand. Whereas Mark did, he's trained level two, three and four in strength and conditioning um, for a long time, probably for the same amount of time I was with Les Mills. Um, and we thought that was a really good avenue for us both to explore so we opened that six months afterwards and then the gym well the gym (laughs) so the gym is open now um we um opened up our gym at about quarter to five we were finished on the day that the prime minister shut the gyms down at five o'clock so we had a glorious 15 minutes of yeah we've done it this is amazing look and then (laughs) <laughs> and then the announcement came on that all the gyms were going to shut and Mark and I looked at each other and we were like oh okay okay so maybe not then <laughs> but it, so it, it opened last week which is cool you've probably already made these connections but you you and Hugh Davis must have been on very similar timelines with that right um because yeah he, he would have opened his or had I think they got the okay themselves to open more or less the same day or the same week right they're open and then, and it, uh, and then just no. prime minister says no yeah we went home that friday night and we were like so are we actually shut then is this it like we're not <laughs> like do we not, just not get to go and honestly much like everybody we thought it would be like a couple of weeks yeah and then like we kind of hit the sort of two month peak and then three months and we we're like all right so uh this is a big thing then mm. um yeah not the ideal time to open a gym but um uh yeah, well, we've we opened on Saturday, and we're really lucky. We've got loads of really loyal 
clients. So we've had people that we've been training through lockdown, much like every instructor in the on the planet has been hammering Zoom and Facebook right. groups and, and Teams and stuff. Uh, so we've been training loads of people online um, on calls and then doing online programming as well. And all those people, bless them, have come straight back to us and joined the gym. Um, which is amazing and we're getting yeah we're getting new new members join every day so we feel really fortunate I've seen a little bit on your social media of the gym and like it looks class like everything is brand and new it's short (laughs) it's clean and it just it looks because I hear it when you walk into a gym like a commercial gym and you know a fitness professional has not had a say in how this gym is going to look Whereas yeah, like yours, if the layout is awful or... Um, yeah, yeah, yours we, looks absolutely fast. Mm, Describe the journey you. in, if you can. What to opening it? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, just if somebody's to walk through the door. Oh, okay. Like just give us a virtual verbal tour, if that's... So we are... Our facility is actually um, inside a com- another commercial gym. Mm-hmm. So as you go into this gym... You've actually been to it. Yeah. Haven't you, on, yeah. on the waterfront. Yeah, so that gym... It doesn't look like that anymore. It's, it's had a huge names a couple of times and it yeah. had the squash courts. Every time I was in, the squash courts were having work done to them. Right, that work's now finished. <laughs> finally, um, so yeah, well, just just there's one more thing left to do. But that gym that you remember doesn't look like that anymore. So there's a new, brand new weights area, a standard sort of commercial gym, treadmills, free uh, free weights, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and then where two of the squash courts were, Mark and I have our. Um, PT studio if you like within that um, and so our members get to use our facility and use all of workout which include all of the classes like there's Mills classes because I also manage the studio for the commercial gym on top of <laughs> wow that's so much <laughs> <laughs> on top of the other one um, yeah um, so as you walk into our um, facility if you we're not a CrossFit box but if for those people that do do CrossFit it's it's got similar equipment as in we've got ski ergs we've got echo bikes um we've got a rig um we've got rowers kettlebells dumbbells so all the equipment is very similar to a crossfit box but it's it's brand new and much more of a small group training studio feel um we cap numbers a because of covid at the moment but we cap numbers where if we let's say covid didn't exist we would have x amount of people per coach um, so you're never in there feeling like there's just this mass of people that you don't really know what you're doing. Um, so every eight members, there is a there is a coach present. Um, this is the beautiful thing. And this is an argument that I've had quite a bit recently, how independent clubs and CrossFit style clubs and that small coaching facility actually already have an advantage to reopening because yeah. their members are used to small classes and having mm. spaces and having to book in. Whereas you yeah. compare that to say, you know, the David Lloyds or the Bannon Times mm. or the Pure, where if you suddenly tell them, listen, you have to socially distance, you have to book in just to go to the gym at 7 p.m., sure. it, yeah. it's a bit of an argument. So, how have you, I was, was going to say, how have you found reopening compared to before? But this is, this is all you've ever known in terms of yeah. your gym being open. So, it's. So, this is the, so out, when Jim's got the go ahead on the 25th of July, that was our opening. Mm-hmm. Like that was our big day. So we had to, we did have to limit numbers. Um, but we've, so we had, Mark and I during lockdown had, <laughs> had done three or four months of programming for every single one of the classes, like way in advance. And mm-hmm. then when the gym's got the go ahead to open, but there's, oh, there's all these restrictions. You can't be 
you know, you can't be closer than a meter together. If someone has touched a kettlebell, you can't touch that kettlebell. You can't share kit. You can't. So <laughs> all that programming didn't happen. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we've had to reprogram everything. But we're, we're really lucky because we we invest, we got so much kit that we limit our class at, ten, at eight people and everybody has a squat rack, a pull-up bar, a rower, a skier. They've got everything. Um, and so, yeah, so they've, they're just kind of in this, like in a line or in a lane or in a, in a box, depending on how we set it out on the day. And once they're in, that's where they stay. And um, absolutely love it. the whole love place that. smells like bleach and Zaflora and <laughs> <laughs> Dettol. <laughs> Try and keep it as clean as we can. But yeah, um, yeah, we've had an amazing response. Um, yeah, um, I was really nervous. I won't lie. Um, Mark was very confident and I was the opposite. I was really nervous about what was going to happen. And it turns out that... Um, he he was right <laughs> it's going it's going really great and once once we can allow more members in and more members feel comfortable coming in uh feel safe to do so then i think it'll be even better curious about the element of you know the online and education training mm. that you know origin mm-hmm. does as well as well as mm-hmm. the gym you know and what the the crossovers are there and how that you know you said Mark did the level two and level three stuff beforehand mm. uh, and how that became something that you started to do. Mm. So we um, we started with just online training because we've all, both of us have always, Mark used to do, Mark was in the Marines and then he did similar to me for Les Mills, but for other training providers. And he's always had, much like I have, had, had people say, oh, if I was in Bristol, I'd have personal training. And when he was, he used to live in Tamworth. Oh, and if I was there, I would have personal training. So I was like, well, why can't I train these people and write them a program and then check in after every class or every session or every week or whatever it is. Um, and so we, yeah, we spent a couple of months building a website and a, a back end where people could log in and see their workout. And we filmed videos of every single exercise. So if they didn't know what an exercise was, they'd click a link and then there'd be a video of Mark or I doing said exercise. Um, and that yeah and that went so well um and it was one of our clients on that that had done level two and said oh I don't suppose you guys do education and Mark's Mark's brain popped up and was like oh I could do it so honestly within about three weeks we'd applied to Active IQ and shown where we were going to teach and the syllabus and this is our qualifications and then I put a post on Facebook and then next minute we had 20 people on a level three course (laughs) and i want people to really realize the work that goes into that because around this time last year i had a little sniff at looking at iqs and applying the active iq and the paperwork just to Mm -hmm. apply and you'll probably get rejected first time because that's what companies like that would do and then you have to fix something Um, it's really it's it's and it's something that and I know Mark knew a bit more about it than I did, but on paper, when you've only been a student or you've only done one side of it, you just think, oh, well, you just turn up. And mm-hmm. much like if I used to go and teach a body point module, but like, oh, well, turn up, teach this class, teach them how to squat, teach them what to say. Thanks. Like, great. You, I can teach these people how to make, be a great body pump instructor. Um, but you don't see anything that goes into the background of oh well actually the governing body states that you have to do this there's a reason the syllabus is here and they come out and check your venue and they come out and watch you teach and um mm-hmm. it's um the paper yeah <laughs> the paperwork is like 
a yeah that was a surprise mm, sure <laughs> but it's but it's worth it like it's um at the time we didn't we didn't have our little boy and it's only time like if you want something to work then you do it it's really hard but you sacrifice something else you sacrifice going away you sacrifice I don't know, sleep or <laughs> you, um uh, yeah and if you work hard enough it's it is there to do um yeah you said there about time and there's a there's a saying that I love and I'm kind of hanging on right now it's like time's going to pass anyway so you may as well do it so if you're thinking about doing mm-hmm. something you're putting right. it off because it'll take too long yeah. like maybe it'll take two years of studying sure. or two years of hard graft two years of not going yeah. on holiday well that two years yeah. is going to pass anyway yeah so you, you may yeah. as well do it'll something. still take two years when you start it exactly exactly mm-hmm. so we put it on um so yeah let's segue kind of back in in Celeste Mills and you know you did that for 10 years did you say uh, it was about that from the time <laughs> from the time I started and got rejected a few times <laughs> and then right. that's, how I got, that's how I left so I know this from inside information is because mo- most people think the journey onto the Les Mills training team is plain sailing you're spotted you're brought onto the team you're under you know shadow stars and lights yeah if you are very very fortunate and you and your and your uh, style of teaching your technique fits the bill of a space that they have which is just so rare there are a few names that spring to mind but it's just so rare for most people it's just not Mm -hmm. how it is Um, and it takes a lot of work and patience and um yeah just to, to get there um but yeah it's not it's not really for anyone to see that though is it that's just I think that's the trainer's personal journey and the trainer's perspective and it makes you really resilient and it definitely makes you sure if you want it Mm, 100% because you you went through I want to say at least one boot camp um, (laughs) I did did three I got lucky number three Uh uh-huh and come on and you know a lot not a lot of people will know that and it's it's testament to you because it's very easy to be told no and think well you know fuck mm. you I'm going to go and do something else and that's yeah. not what I'm going to do with my life but you obviously went away worked on something came back worked away worked on something I remember getting the first call and getting a no and I was just I was so upset I was so devastated and I had to go I got a call about half an hour before I had to teach attack and like and you know like if you teach attack all these track eights they used to be back then anyway track eights used to be this like big emotional track and I remember <laughs> like little young me was just like oh my god this is the worst thing ever um but yeah and then I got I got invited back again and I didn't get on again um but I didn't get on so the first time I just wasn't ready like I mm-hmm. looking back now when I've seen people do boot camps as a trainer and I just think, yeah, they've got potential. They're just not ready though. Like it's like putting, like throwing someone to the lions. Like he's not good enough. Like you need to, you need to work on this. Mm-hmm. Um, the second time was just definitely my fault. I was trying to fit a mold rather than teach like me. Mm-hmm. So what happened was, um, I don't know if you were on it. Maybe were you, were you on, were we on the same one or were we on the third one together? No, no, uh, me and Aaron Davison. Oh, you and Aaron came on the we, grit module, right? When I was coaching yeah, the grit module. We did a, a unique boot camp. That's right, yeah, I remember Kai's now. house over a series of months, and then we That's went right. for that grit module, and I have a story about that grit module, which we're going to chat about in a minute. Okay, I do remember <laughs> that, that London grit module. I remember that. That was my first module I'd ever taught as a trainer. Um, oh, it's the first grit module. I'd done other ones, mm-hmm. but the first one. Um, and so, yeah, so I got 
onto the um, second boot camp. And I was there for, I think, combat attack and definitely pump because I was teaching pump. And I was really nervous and I was like, right, I'm going to hit all the cues. I'm going to say exactly what I want to say. I'm going to like have my teaching voice on. And Dave Kyle, I don't think I'd done one clean and press. And he stopped the music and he was like, basically did a Simon Cowell. And he was like, this is the worst I've ever seen you teach. And I was like, that's the worst thing he'd ever said to me. I was so upset. He was just like, what are you doing? He's like, this is the worst I've ever seen you teach. I was like, I literally don't know what to say to that. And he said, he goes, you teach body step, don't you? And I was like, well, I can literally hear Vanessa Labor in my head going, don't get on that step, Kate. Don't. <laughs> don't get on that step. Don't do it to yourself. But I did. And I taught step and I did a track 10. And because I was unscripted and didn't have time to think about it, I taught well. And mm-hmm. he was like, that is what you need to bring the next time you come back. And mm. I did, I did get invited back. And instead of trying to fit something and I'd spent, I used to spend out like hours scripting, rewriting, rewriting. I'm going to say exactly this, exactly this point. And it just, it just drained all personality and all, um, um, authenticity out of my coaching. So mm-hmm. I ended up going on some like the third and final boot camp that I got on and I hadn't scripted. I didn't know what track I was going to teach. I knew how to coach. I knew my, I knew my, um, like I knew the layers of coaching, mm-hmm. so I gave it a go, and it went all right. Yeah, <laughs> got on. Bit, bit of a weird question. Do you think you would have had as successful a Les Mills trainer career if you hadn't have had to do three boot camps? No, I don't. I needed to work for it, and I needed mm-hmm. to change the way I was. I wasn't a good in. I was an okay instructor. I wasn't mm-hmm. a good instructor when I went on my first boot camp. I think I got invited because I could lift a lot and jump high. Like I didn't have any, like there was, and that only gets you so far. You do need to understand how to coach and how to connect. And, mm-hmm. um, and that took, a, that took like a few years yeah. to get that. And I think that's what a lot of instructors don't understand. They're so desperate just to be able to do it. Cause they see all the cool stuff that, you know, that you, well, you still do and that I used to do, but um, it, ha- it has to be like that in your Monday night body pump. It can't just be like that when you're teaching to, thousand people with a light on you what i tell a lot of instructors is you, you know i'll say to them you know how passionate you are about teaching pump well mm-hmm. imagine there was another person who wanted to teach pump and did two days worth of training and mm-hmm. you have to tell them no mm-hmm. because they haven't met the criteria how do you yeah. feel about telling someone that and you yeah. see the fear in their eyes they're like mm-hmm. whoa this, this is more than just teaching a class yeah and that's, I think that's what, not as you just said, people just see the big stage, see the video and think, I want to do that, mm. which is fine. But there's so much other stuff in it, which let's be honest, you and I probably didn't know about it at the start. You kind of. Yeah, I remember learn. the first time I had to, like, it was not called fail, was it? It was like withhold. I remember the first yeah, time again, I had to withhold ch- someone. It's changed so many times, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the first time I had to withhold someone, it was just, it was the worst experience of my life. I was like, mm-hmm. But, but you have to have to word yourself. You're like, you need to suck it up. Like this person needs you to tell them, um, unfortunately it's a no and here's why, but you know, work on it and do what, you know, someone did to, did to me the first time when I didn't pass my body attack module the first time. Me neither. Well, what was your reason? Because I was useless, me. I was <laughs> terrible. Like I literally have no idea how I was even allowed on the module. 
But the person that failed me was then the person I went back to who passed me and basically mentored me right the way through till I ended up teaching next to her. Like it wasn't because for any other reason than I wasn't good enough. Mm. Like I just was rubbish. So in my combat, I was by Tanya and Geo. They um, withheld me for technique and which was really because of my fitness and I just put it in a really polite way I really was not fit enough at the time mm. um and then my pump this I've told this story so many times my first pump module I walked out of after the master class did you actually? never come back yeah oh, I never with, knew that it was with hard piercing this was probably about 2008 2009 no I was way. I was that idiotic PT classes are shit I'm a PT PT's better so never brilliant. classes uh, and then again, just similar to you, he later became such a great mentor for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, got my own ego out of the way. Um, but the story I was going to tell about that grip module. So this grip module had at least seven trainers at it. It was the it was the most surreal experience. There was yeah. I know there was me, Vanessa, Will, Crossy, Tansy. And there was there was there was a couple of others. I know there was. Um, I think Tanya was there. It was just Marcus so. There was yeah, me, Marcus. Mark. It was Marcus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, oh, what do you what do you call him? Uh, Aaron was there. Dave Cross was on the module, but yet yeah. a trainer at the same time. Yeah. It yeah. was very, very strange. Like um, he ended up taking like even though he was attending to become a grit instructor, he ended yeah. up <laughs> delivering stuff on coaching or something. Yeah. Oh wow. And I yeah. have this memory. We this was so for everyone listening. This was when grit was going through the biggest identity crisis ever. And mm. cardio hadn't even been invented back then. So it was no. just, it was strength and plyo. And, and it was I on remember, the beat. Oh, it was on the beat. And you took us through this plyo technique session. And I think you were very aware that Will, because <laughs> Will was acting head trainer kind of at the time. Yeah, but it was my first one. So I was also being assessed. Yes, yeah. And it was the worst wow. thing I could ever, it was the worst module I could have ever been assessed on because there was a thousand trainers on it. And there was also, <laughs> there was also potential, there was people that were going to be trainers on it. Yeah. Oh my life. And it had about 40 people on it. It was so busy. Because yeah. me, Michelle, Aaron, Mark, and Mark Andy, Downey, yeah. Andy Mack, yeah. We yeah, were all, yeah. the, you know, potential trainers. And yeah. Then there was these poor fitness first staff. Who yeah. Were module just kind of overwhelmed with all this, Les Mills trainer testosterone and ego. They must have just been like, "What is life? What is happening <laughs> to this? Like, I'm not coming back." I remember you destroyed us with a plyo session, um, and it was just horrific. So absolutely horrific <laughs> in terms of sheer volume of plyometric exercises. Like every rule in the book broken with volume and repetition of plyo, and we were all done. And after it, and everyone was having a laugh. And my memory of you was, you know. That, that was hardcore I really didn't like that I really didn't like you at that time uh-huh. and I we were all standing in a group chatting and I looked over and you broke away from the group and you probably don't remember this there was another guy in the room one of the fitness first staff um he, he was quite well built and it was a black fellow quite well built and he was sitting looking at his notes and you went over and you helped oh my god I actually remembered oh my god I actually he was having that. a complete party about yeah. it a complete panic and rather than you and the grit trainer, I just did all of this. I smashed you guys. Rather than joining in that, you actually, you know, hold on a second. This guy needs my attention. We didn't need your attention. We were all playing Jack the Lad. 
and you walk <laughs> over and give that guy whatever it was and that's it's mm-hmm. funny like I said it's funny that you remember it's, it's you know it's because I to me I do remember that that's the side I'm amazed that you remember that see. I remember that yeah it's a side of you people won't see a lot because they'll just associate Kate Slee jumping high lifting big weights on the stage Ooh. but you mate the amount of times that I've been on a module and someone said to me oh my god you're actually quite a nice person <laughs> really oh my god I was like what did you think they were like I don't know I just didn't think you were gonna be nice I was like okay great that is wonderful news thank you yeah. so cheers for that backhanded compliment yeah, <laughs> yeah. uh great thank you I promise I'm not a nasty person mm. I think when you sort of like but a lot of people only see you if they only see not not a, not a quarterly because they can they get to talk to you but like on on stage mm-hmm. you only get to see someone teach a track um you don't really get to mingle with that person and I used to t- like I was I was really lucky I feel really fortunate to be able to have done it but I got when I was teaching attack I got the big tracks to teach like I would get a four or a nine mm-hmm. and that's not a happy happy joy joy look what a lovely girl she is mm-hmm. type of track that's a let's go yeah sort of track so yeah I think there was a lot of that and um you know I used to I used to have a few more muscles than I've got now as well so maybe that was a bit off <laughs> I'm gonna put you on the spot with something here um I put Steve Tansy on the spot with the same question and um he kind of dodged the question very well so we'll see how you are with it <laughs> It's, okay. You've obviously taught. You've taught in so many different amazing venues with yeah. so many different people. If you could relive one of them, which one would it be? Um. Well, do you know what? I think I would be torn between one of the UK ones and then one of the ones I was lucky enough to do in the states. So the one in the states was um, in Vegas. So I got asked to go to Vegas, which was like the coolest thing on the planet. So we stayed in the Aria Hotel and the the um, uh, venue had a like ridiculous conference room. There was honestly, I'm not kidding, about 5,000 people in the room. It was, I've never experienced anything like it. Mm-hmm. And I got to teach a track eight, just us with me, Lisa and Amanda Scales. Um, uh, and Amy Styles, so the four of us were up on stage doing an eight, and that was like, I wish I could have, I wish someone had filmed all of that so mm. I could watch it back like forever, because I was fangirling so hard over Amanda and Amy and Lisa. I was literally just like, oh, it's the best thing ever, <laughs> and it only lasted one track, and I was like, no, stay, let's do it again. <laughs> that was super cool, um, and I think with the um. The UK one, it would have been one of the, it would have been the first time. Do you know what? This is going to sound like really a ridiculous one to choose, but it was the time I taught with, now I'm going to remember this right, Ness, Casey. I'm going to say your Lindsay was there on stage and there was Lou Heron, I think. And it was the time that they, back then when someone got to like lead a, a performer like a, a track yeah a, a class sorry and I got to lead body attack um and I given myself the warm-up and I messed it up and I don't remember ever messing choreography up in my life and I messed it up and I was just like I felt my heart break and Ness pulled her microphone away from her face 
and was like, keep going, you're absolutely fine, no one's got a clue. Lindsay, your Lindsay shouted at me like, this is great, like keep going. And everybody, I like, oh God, because you can tell I've had a baby, I'm gonna get upset. Like just everyone was just like, it doesn't matter. Like look at everyone, everyone's having an amazing time. And even though I'd messed up, mm. like the team around, like just pulled their mics away from their face and were just like, it's fine. Just like, we're all doing what you're doing. Just keep going. And no one on the floor heard it. Mm-hmm. But on stage, I was getting like all this reassurance, like, and it took like 10 seconds of them giving me some chat. And then the rest of the track was, well, the rest of the class was amazing. Again, that's, that's, that's the things that people don't know about, you know, what it, what it is, you know, teaching on the, the big stages. Cause mm. you're, you've probably taught that warm up. It was a warm up. You said you probably taught it. It was 30, body attack 87. Um, see how much you remember <laughs> yeah mate it's haunts to me it is it was like yeah you it 30 40 times in the club in your david lloyd's probably at the time never missed the beat mm. and all of a sudden you're on the stage and and i always i always give people because i had a, a really bad experience the first time i was on the big stage so i always give people the talk and it's mm. like listen see when you're on that stage everything's different your mm. you, your energy zaps you know you will I always use to saying you'll blow your load within the first 10, 15 minutes. Right. Um, so it's always take your time, control, especially with pump or with grit, you know, yeah. lift, lift lighter. Lift you know. a lot less. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you get off the stage. It doesn't even matter what you teach. You get off the stage, you can't feel your mouth because it's like so dry. You get off, you've got pins and needles in your hand, uh, in your hands. <laughs> you get off, you're just like... I tell you what, you ne- you will never ever sleep so hard after presenting for the first time yeah. on a big stage. Mm-hmm. I was ex- I was exhausted, mm-hmm. exhausted. And people, like, I think oh. I was more tired that than doing any filming. It was, was the it? first time I ever taught on stage. I think I slept. Oh, I was I was knackered. And they're like, "Oh, do you all go out and have a big party afterwards?" It's like, "Well, no. We'll maybe have a drink and a pizza, and then it's a it's a carb coma by eight o'clock." Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh. Those are the days. Yeah. <laughs> um curious about your your fitness background so obviously you know you, you've already said it you've been known for your your ability to jump high and, and lift big weights what was your fitness background before you kind of found group fitness um so i did um a lot of um athletics as a kid um i was reasonably okay <laughs> at running quite quickly <laughs> um i was i used i used to sprint like sort of county level and then got to like a, a under 16s england team for sprinting mm. um and then <laughs> as i got older all the girls got taller <laughs> and i stayed at like five foot and then there was this one competition where i just got smoked and was like there was this girl who had like legs up to my armpits and i was like i think i've had my day i think this <laughs> I think I'm done um and then I remember wanting to I didn't never knew what I wanted to do for a living ever and I was working as a waitress in a golf club when I was like 17 18 and there was this guy that was you know some hotshot golfer a 50 year old guy that made you know just play golf all day because he was so loaded and it turns out that he owned premier training and he said, oh, I've got this business and it teaches you how to be a personal trainer. And I was just like, oh, I could do that. I think that sounds cool. I always remember like when we were kids, my mum always used to come home from work and just she, she works in like finance. And she used to just hate, like detest going to work, but having to do it because she had children and needing to earn money. 
And I was just, I, all I remember is I never want to feel like I have to go somewhere I hate. Mm-hmm. And so I got into um, PT that way. And I only got into, you know what? I was, <laughs> it's going to sound awful. I only got into lifting weights because I'm hideously competitive. And it just so happened that the first gym I got a job in, there were young lads that were training and that just give, they were just, you know, those cl- classic 6 p.m. bicep boys that come in and train chest and guns and yes. don't don't squat and whatever. Yes. And I was just like, we have a WhatsApp group, you know, we have a WhatsApp right, group. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, I didn't get the mail. And I was just like, I'm going to lift, I'm going to lift more than these boys. I'm going to lift more and I'm going to do it better. And I just started training and yeah. And I, I was, so I used to do a lot, you know, I did a lot of um, uh, athletics, but I used to ride, I used to ride horses a lot. Okay. And I think lugging hay bales around and bottles, bob, you know, um, buckets of water and stuff made, made me strong when I was a kid. Like I used to do it when I was five or six all the way through till I was 17. And so I found stuff quite easy, found like lifting stuff quite easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, yeah, so yeah, I enjoyed it. And then, I remember going my first job at Fitness First. There were these body they had body combat and RPM. It's Fitness First in Swindon. I don't think it even exists anymore. And I used to look at these people going into RPM like, who are these I mean, tools? Why don't they just ride a bike outside? Who are these idiots like punching the air? Like, I'm so embarrassed for you. This is the worst thing ever. And then I ended up going to work on a cruise ship as a personal trainer, and they wouldn't let you go on unless you taught group exercise. And I was like, <laughs> so um I remember doing my combat module with Maria Tabla before I went on the ships and um, and I somehow passed, God knows how, um, and actually thought, you know what, this is all right, this, I'm, you know, I don't mind this. And I came back and then started doing more programs. And the only reason I did Body Attack was because Ben Grant and I both worked at Fitness First and they were bringing Body Attack to Fitness First. Hmm. and we got to like they were like picking a team and I was like don't do it without me like I want to do it with you I'm like Ben basically I had to bend someone's ear at fitness first head office to let me on it <laughs> <laughs> so basically it's Ben Grant's fault yeah Liam Ben yeah do you think that I mean just imagine that when you went to work on that cruise ship hmm. that wasn't the rule like you didn't need group exercise, you can just hop on and you can just do PT and work in the gym doing functions. I, and it's easy to say because I have, I obviously did go through the group X world, but I, knowing what I was like and what my personality used to be like, I pre- would have predicted, like in hindsight, I'd have ended up as one of those fairly arrogant, closed-minded personal trainers that thought mm-hmm. group exercise group exercise was for you know fairies and it didn't ever work very hard and mm-hmm. I would have never ever seen what a powerful impact it can have on people's lives like not just the physical stuff I know it gets people fit but that's just not it mm-hmm. um I don't feel that personal training gives you part of belonging to something Whereas when you get when you when you nail a group exercise class and you've got members that just genuinely love being there, like it's you can't describe it. Um, I remember leaving a club. I left Nuffield um, after being there for eight years or so to in, increase classes somewhere else, and I left and like I was in tears. My members were in tears. I like and it's just like 
no one's nothing bad's happening like mm-hmm. i'm not poorly like no one's dead but it was i was so sad to be leaving mm-hmm. um because yeah a group exercise is amazing for making you feel part of something um something cool again put you on the spot i, I apologize for this but yeah it's my podcast <laughs> i can do what i want um <laughs> funniest thing that has happened when you've been like kind of teaching do you have any hilarious funny stories everyone has a falling over story you must have fallen oh but ricky that's so boring i've fallen over so many times <laughs> i don't think i can even like so many the worst one was when i was in nuffield this isn't even funny it's just embarrassing like i was in nuffield and we were doing ben was on one side and an agility track and i was on the other and i was doing these skaters and i like took this big leap and the floor was sweaty and i took a like proper caved it like straight in my face with a mic on my face and then I got up and like kind of like shook it off and the first skater I did again I did it again and I was just like I'm just gonna stay on the floor I'm gonna teach from this position yeah oh mate I've fallen over so many times I've fallen like off the stage when I was teaching step because I was so crap at it and would like stop oh I'll tell you what okay so that's what I did I there was a time at David Lloyd where I was teaching step and it went from the <laughs> from track one to track two and I misjudged and instead of stepping on the step I stepped into it I fell off and kicked the right the bench lid into the front row <laughs> this woman in the front row she stacked it and it was like track two and Ben's next to me like is everything all right do you want to like not do that again in my step class bless him best thing about that, I've, I've had like there was all there was that time that my you know my uh, leggings split in the uh, in the squat track at David Lloyd. Ooh. Everyone's got that story, surely. Surely everyone's had like wardrobe malfunctions. Yeah, the the one that has come up a few times uh, is just like more so upstairs malfunctions, like bra malfunctions. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I haven't had a properly good like trousers split. Yeah, yeah, I did that. But then the worst thing is, like, David Lloyd's surrounded in mirrors, so it's not like you can just be, like, face the wall. So I ended up, just because, like, there's a mirror behind you and you're squatting. So I just, yeah, so that was terrible. So I ended up tying someone's jacket around my waist for the rest of the body pump. Yeah, you can, can you teach him? Yeah, that's yeah, impressive. Yeah. Members in front of you, come on. <laughs> Anything for positive feedback. This is it. Anything for that green button on the Les Mills iPad, on the uh, David Lloyd iPad. <laughs> Oh, the nightmares I've had about that machine. <laughs> Funny, actually, I had a really, really negative dream about my time in David Lloyd's last night. Um, it's funny that's that's just come up when you've mentioned the the feedback system. <laughs> Shudders down the spine. <laughs> <laughs> right, new bit of a new podcast feature just to liven things up. You're the first one. You're you're better testing this. So if it like, oh if, God, sorry about uh, that. If it's shit, I'll edit it. Like, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll do that. So it's, we're going to discuss a couple of things at random based on like one word or sentence and it's topical things which are kind of current right now. So the, the biggest thing, so we'll spend two, three minutes on each one. Um, so the first okay, one's and then be, but, but before we, are we going to just highlight that I've been living in a baby cave for the last seven months and I know nothing topical unless it includes um, Married at First Sight Australia. What's that? Shows, but it's like, oh my god! So by the time my son goes to bed, there's this one show that that goes on telly that I can literally watch just before I fall asleep, 
and it's this program that they're doing a UK version for any any single people that want to do it. You get like matched with your perfect match. You go through all these like um, personality type uh, personality tests and uh-huh. what you want in a partner. And then the first time you meet your partner is your wedding day. And then they take you through. <laughs> they take they take these like ten couples through this journey and like see if they might get see if they stay married at the end of the ten weeks that they spend together. Hold on. The first time they meet, they yeah, are getting start, married. Like, so, yeah, like I so said, the first time they meet, the chick's in the dress and the guy's at the bottom of the aisle and they turn and they're like, yeah, nice to meet you. And then, so they haven't yeah, even they get married. St- have they seen a picture of each other? No, no. Or this is like Tinder on steroids? <laughs> it's so, it is like so awful. It is brilliant. Oh, what's it called? I want to watch this. Married at First Sight. That's and just so they just finished this married at first sight australia show i think it's the last one tonight and that and this pop-up advert came up for take part in the uk so like if there's anyone that's like that you think oh i'm gonna set this per-, you know someone that's like oh if i'm not married by the time i'm 35 i'll go on that's what they need to do like get on it oh you could stitch so many people up with that <laughs> first time to, you see something i think they have to be willing <laughs> oh uh, there's a difference there's probably money involved in it. Do you want to be in this Maybe. TV show? Yeah, sure. What is it? Don't worry about that. We'll, we'll sort it out once you get there. <laughs> Just say yes when you get there. Here's your husband. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right. So let's just talk about it. Uh, a couple of minutes in each one. Gyms mm-hmm. reopening. Mm-hmm. The gyms have reopened in England. Wales have a date of the 10th of August. Scotland, we're still not open. Scotland, yeah, I saw that. Mm. So uh, like how... I know we touched on it earlier, but how important do you think gyms reopening kind of is on the grand scheme of things? Um, are, are we talking country by country or like just in general? Yeah, just in general. You know, talk about talk about your country. Oh, well, I think well, I was I was pleased that gyms were opening because I gyms are so are such a big part of people's mental health. I think if we um, if gym owners it's easy to say as an independent gym owner rather than a big chain i know they've got other issues but like if you are able to make your training space as safe as possible i think by not opening it all you're doing is kind of delaying the inevitable like what is going to happen when the gyms finally open whereas if you do it gradually and you can welcome people back um then at least people have got they've got the choice that it's there or not um i mean we're still doing like online classes and stuff for people that want but what the feedback that we've been getting is that people have just craved that human like interaction they just need someone in front of them like a real life person that isn't on a screen to have um even just we've got people that just i've missed that live on their own they've been they've gone through the whole of lockdown on their own and they've just missed having someone saying oh hi yeah nice to see you how are you like they've really really missed that um so I appreciate that it's, you know, it's a, a, t- a very testing time and it's a really, it's really scary for lots of people, but done right. I think it's a really yeah. great thing to be able to offer people. I've, I think the fact they've just put all gyms under the one umbrella mm. is just, it's, it's actually criminal because to compare, you know, you, you called yourself earlier, you know, like a PT studio. So yeah. to compare a PT studio with a 3000 person, David sure. Lloyd's or Ballantyne's or Pure Gym, it's just, mm. it's like, it, 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 they're uncomparable. And what what gyms have done through just social awkwardness for years is gyms mm. have actually 
had social distancing for years because people don't like right. each other in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> it's actually happened anyway. It's um, just like those those gyms where everyone's got a set of headphones and a baseball cap because yeah. you just dread to you know you wouldn't never talk to each other. That's it. Gym, gyms yeah, have been ahead right. of the game for a long time. Gyms have been silently practicing social distancing without telling anyone. I think it's quite interesting to see how many big chains there are that have cut like it like instantly cut instructors like cut that like closed down venues they've made these and I get that they're a business and stuff but for me like from what I've noticed in Bristol it is the independent gyms that are trying so much harder to look after instructors and members and like we haven't cut classes yeah there is a reduced timetable at the moment but that's Mm -hmm. simply to comply with covid regulations like every class will come back on um like it's yeah there's been a lot of gyms shut in bristol um over the last month or so um and um yeah we're just no way nowhere near that mindset i think it's different it's interesting to see how big companies um treat their staff and members compared to independent ones it's called independence care more and independence see a person's face where a corporate commercial sees a PL sheet sure absolutely yeah yeah and say let's say oh like so if we were to lose if mark and i were to lose 10 members i would know exactly who they were mm-hmm. if a david lloyd loses 10 members it's from 2000 to you know 1990 yeah, yeah. they work yeah. in you know again i say they commercials work on something called the, the net member growth yeah of course whereas independence we work on names faces sure. yeah, yeah yeah and that that that's the difference um we'll ju- jump on to because uh, it's, again it's topical mindset coaching life coaching and how valuable stroke important that's become in the personal training game mm. um, you know i always say to the people we you know personal trainers recently have been criticized for becoming a life coach and mine has been well personal trainers have been a life coach since the start mm. of personal training They've just been doing it unqualified. So at least they're going and doing some sort of training now before talking to Mary and Jen about their anxiety at work. Yeah, there's there's so many professions that fall into that category, like hairdressers, for example, Mm. are the same. Like, like, I don't know, I'm only thinking female-wise, beauticians, whatever. There's so many people that fall into that because you go in and you spill, especially, do you know, especially with personal training, when you're with somebody twice a week for an hour, you know something's wrong the more you know them you will know so much about them you'll know yeah. what's going on with their family their relationships their health their mental health mm-hmm. um and all you either listen or yeah you do you do end up advising whether you're like you say whether you're qualified to or not because you just have this you know ingrained passion to help so you'll do anything to help whether you're well yeah whether you're qualified or not i think it's really important for every trainer in that space to have some understanding of especially mental health and how what a, what a huge role they can play in helping people helping someone feel better mm. or helping them understand why they could be feeling that way I think there's a big difference between doing that and you know counseling but um I think having a broader understanding of it is only a good thing yeah I want to take some questions from social media that people have asked and hitch them on to one of the questions we've got here. So I haven't written down the names of people who ask questions. I'm so bad at doing that. I'm so consistently bad at not writing down the names of who has asked the questions. Um, so the first question, um, which I want to hitch onto the burnout 
So is what was your maximum number of classes in a week? And did you ever suffer from burnout? Um, the most classes I taught for, it was about a year, maybe just over, was I think 33 or maybe 34 classes <laughs> a week. Outrageous. And being as though I don't teach balance or yoga or anything <laughs> sensible, it was all combat, attack, pump, RPM, grip. Yeah, I think I'd, yeah, it was about 34 a week. I used to do eight on a Tuesday. That I remember was, your social media posts about Tuesday. You used to, like, Tuesday, you, big Tuesday. Yeah, you, and you used to count them down, you're like one class down, two to go, mm. whatever it might mm. be. Um, and did you and ever I finished, get. I always, always finished my Tuesday with a triple class at Nuffield. I used to do step into attack, into body pump on a Tuesday night. <laughs> Oh, mm. and that and I'd done five earlier that day. I ruined uh, Lindsay's Thursday night triple because she did a grit in the forty-five minute attack and the sixty-minute mm. pump, mm. and I casually pointed out to her one time, "Oh, it's like progressive. Each class gets longer. Thirty minutes, 45, 60 minutes." Mm. And she was like, "And she'd be doing it for years." And she was like, "Oh my god!" And she says, "Ever since then." every Thursday night she just got harder, it, yeah, yeah. And harder, yeah. and harder and harder and harder she was doing like this ascending ladder mm. yeah of course <laughs> um, I remember used to getting to like lunges on in pump which was the last class and I used to be like oh my god this is it like get these shoulders done and we're like we're done come on but it was only it was only ever when I got to lunges I was like I felt I've started feeling feeling good <laughs> Uh, the next question uh, came from Lauren. I remember this one. And again, it can hinge this on to, to something else as well. So it's, how are you finding postnatal training life? Um, and my observations are like, you know, the, the social media change you've had has been absolutely fantastic because it would have been, you know, you, 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 you've got a face on you right now. You know, it's, it's really, really good. Like the social media change you've had like two, three years ago, it's all the big lifts, you know, it's usually... <laughs> You're lifting weights that would put a lot of men to shame, a lot of athletes to shame. Oh, and then gosh. All of a sudden, I they were the days, Ricky. They were the days. You put a brilliant post on last week comparing your push-ups from a month ago mm. to your push-ups now. And mm. I just thought, that for me, that's probably the most valuable piece of social media content you've ever mm. put on because it's so fucking real about mm. what's actually going on. So, yeah, like postnatal training. Talk to us I about think- that. I think without going like too deep and meaningful into it, but like leading up to um, the last few years, like let's say, let's say the last five years has got better, but before that, I was, mate, I was deeply unhappy as in personally. So social media was my way of feeling better as in it was social media would not, ha- you would not see a photo of me on social media where I wasn't, I didn't have like the perfect angle and the perfect lift and a good outfit and my hair in place because I just cared about what people thought and I had no idea why. And it wasn't until I actually your head honcho, Sarah Durnford and I had a very long chat and she just helped me realize she was like, look, you need to like sort you out first. Stop stressing about anything else. And I really, really, really took that to heart. And, um, and it was when I had my, I, I so I've had, <laughs> I've had like three hip surgeries Mm-hmm. um and then um then I had um my son and then I had an emergency c-section which came with other complications and so in a space of like two years I was, well maybe longer I went from being very strong very fit but very insecure 
um, into being, well, I've got no choice but to accept this is where I am. Like at, after I'd had him, I couldn't sneeze. I couldn't bend down. I could just about pick him up. And so the thought of training was just so far away from what I did. So I didn't train at all for 12 weeks. Um, and the first move I tried to do <laughs> was a push-up. <laughs> I used to be really good at push-ups and I just couldn't do it. And I was absolutely, I was so upset and I had to, it was a big pill to swallow, but in hindsight, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to me. It's understanding that, yeah, you used to be able to do all this stuff, but your body has been through something it has never been through before. Some women respond really well to pregnancy and labor and they can, they seem to sort of bounce back. Um, I wasn't one of those people. Um, There are still things, even uh, my son's seven months old on Friday. I can't. I can't do a sit-up yet. Okay. It's, and, I, and I was like, oh, yeah, 12 weeks. And uh, mm-hmm. I'll be back on it, and that'll be great. And it's just, it's very, very humbling. Um, but the best, the best thing I could say to anyone, and I do say to people, I get so many messages about it, is just be okay with it. It will get mm-hmm. better mm-hmm. if you are a bit more kind to yourself. Because um, the focus is not just on, on you getting back to health. It's yeah. obviously on mate, there is this like small human that needs you all the time. <laughs> and not only do they need you all the time, most of them don't like you sleeping. My son <laughs> hates me sleeping. <laughs> so like you're in the day and you've slept 90 minutes at a time throughout the night, and you're six months deep into only ever sleeping 90 minutes at a time. And then you know you're you've got this desire in you to like train. Like <laughs> A glimmer of a second and you're like no I don't think I'm I don't think I'm gonna do that today <laughs> um, but yeah to, but to be honest opening the gym it's been like a it's been it's been really really positive for me I thought right I'm gonna be able to try and do do stuff again but doing it for you rather than because it's gonna look good on Instagram <laughs> exactly you, you've got a reason you've got a, yeah. a proper why yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is nice. Uh, another, again, this is would be a common question. Do you still teach Les Mills classes? Um, at the moment, no, but only because um, I I didn't teach after um, I had a cesarean, and since lockdown has lifted, um, there have been classes that have gone on the timetable, and I've got instructors at workout who solely rely on classes as their income whereas I don't solely rely on it as my income and so I gave them classes before I gave me classes because I didn't feel that that was the fair thing to do Mm -hmm. so when more classes become available I will definitely go back to teaching I will in no way do anywhere near 33 I don't think I will even get to double figures I think five is a good number I think mm. five. Well, I'll do uh, five-ish. Yeah, it's a dream. Um, I'm yeah. telling you, I've been doing three classes a week for about the last year, two years, and it's the fittest I've ever been, the strongest right. I've ever been, right. and it's the most I've enjoyed the classes as well. Yeah, that's it. I want to go into like, let's say I'll do one attack or two pumps, or whatever. I want to go into that one attack and be like, this is. I'm going to absolutely love every second of this because I'm not going to do it again for another week. Not. I have done this three times already today. Should I just change the tracks or should I just teach the same thing as I did at lunchtime in that other yeah. club? Um, yeah. 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 Agreed. 
Um, last one is who is your sporting crush? Which we can interpret any way you want. Who is your sporting crush? I'm gonna say I'm torn between two people, but I think my gut instinct is the one you should go for. I'm gonna say Ronda Rousey, the UFC. Fighter. Really? Okay. I think she's a badass. I think she's mint. I remember, so my my only memory and thought of Ronda Rousey is I'd never heard of this Ronda Rousey, and then all of a sudden I woke up one Sunday morning and Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram probably at the time had been taken over by Ronda Rousey because she did something in UFC. And that was, See, for me, it's not nowhere. It wasn't so much what she does as in her sporting um, like accolade, because for me that would be a CrossFit athlete like someone that I admire in CrossFit for what they do for, for that sport. Um, but like, it's, it was, to, it's her attitude about how um, like women shouldn't apologize for having muscle. Women shouldn't apologize for being strong. Don't be embarrassed. If you're stronger than somebody, don't be ashamed. If you're, if you want to be fitter than somebody else. Um, I like, she used to talk a lot about that. And I was just like, yeah, you're right. Cause it was at a time where I was struggling with, I, I used to get comments. I used to get, when I joined the team, I used to get a lot of comments about how I looked and I got a real, I, I really struggled with how nasty the comments were. Um, and then I sort of listened to this, this chick being like, no, you've earned this. Like, who cares? Um, yeah. So for me, she's the first person. So it's not necessarily what she does fight wise. It's, um, that it's what she said helped me change my mind. She's in wrestling now, isn't she? Am I right in saying that? I believe so, yeah. She did a stint in wrestling, yeah. Yeah, but like all the embarrassing stuff where they dress up and do fake stuff, like not actual wrestling. I love that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do. Dressing up. Do you know what, Ricky? I've got, it came up on my Facebook memories the other day. So I came to Banger once to do um, a, I don't even know why I was there. I was there because Matt, Matt from, um, Simply Class had invited me over mm-hmm. and like I was teaching attack and you ran in in the running track. Do you remember? Oh, I remember. Do you remember, yeah. do you remember I know what where this outfit is going. you had on? Uh, if you can call it an outfit, yes. Yeah, yeah, what outfit did you have on? I had a nice skimpy pair of yellow tight boxers briefs on. Um, you did. And they, they said something on the front. I can't remember what it said. Not that that matters. That's not the point. I didn't look. You'd be shocked to know. I remember there being writing and being mortified, not being able to look because I was trying to teach my yeah. <laughs> run in, run out, running track. Yeah, I do that sort of thing. I would still do that sort of thing now. I mean, it's yeah, probably... that was the first time. It's normal now. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's always what I've kind of done. And no, the first of... time for me, I meant I'd never known you to do that. And when I realised it wasn't, I realised it was normal when no one was reacting except me. <laughs> so I'm like dying on the microphone. So I'm like, oh my God, does everyone see him? Why, why is no one? And like, and the, like all your members are just like, ah, there he is. Okay. Like, yeah. He's doing it again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah basically. Yeah. I get kind of, that, I'm trying to remember. I know the video come up, so it must have come up in your Facebook memories, kind of. Mm. Did, yeah. yeah. How oh, funny would you get that shirt again at the next opportunity? <laughs> uh, like, you'd be shocked to know I don't have it saved on my phone, but I'm sure I can find it. I do. Hold on. <laughs> 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 All right, we'll move into the stock questions in just a second. Um, but I'm curious, what what should I have asked you in this podcast? 
what else do you want to talk about? What should well, I, I didn't know what it was. I was, you know, it was really nice to be to be asked. Like, I feel like my life is. I'm so I am so happy, but it's so different. I mm. almost I, to say I don't remember isn't what I'm trying to say. It is so far removed from what where my life is now. It's almost like I don't remember what it was like to travel every every Friday you were in a different part of the UK. You didn't mm-hmm. get back till late Sunday, but then you were back in early Monday for your classes who didn't know what you did on mm. a weekend. Um yeah. and I do genuinely look back and think how did you do that? How, like, seriously, how did you do that? How did you travel everywhere? But you just, you do, right? Um, so it was actually just you asking me to um, come on and have a chat was, I was really open to talking about anything because it's, I don't often get the opportunity to talk about it anymore. Okay. And, it's, and some of the memories are like incredibly special. Like there are, there are so, so many people that I care about that I'm, you know, I don't, I don't talk too much anymore, unfortunately, but yeah there's so many lovely things about being a trainer and just being able to talk about some of them has been really nice that's the thing I say to a lot of trainers it's that you get to go to a lot of places but you don't get to see anything because oh mate so I remember I remember on the first date Mark and I ever had I was still really heavy in Les Mills traveling everywhere and he was like oh you must have seen so much stuff and I was just like yeah, no, I haven't. I get, I've seen a lot of airports. I could probably pick out a lot of airports. I can, mm-hmm. I recognise the guy on security at London Heathrow, and <laughs> and and then you 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 know you arrive in these venues in different countries, and and keep your fingers crossed that they speak English because you don't speak any other language, and you get put in a car and you see the hotel that you're staying at, and then you get whisked to a venue which all look brilliant but relatively the same, and then you're, mm-hmm. you know, you get back to your hotel back to the airport and you're home and you're like oh yeah I didn't see anything though <laughs> it's weird that I was there yeah I, mean, I remember doing Moscow and spending 16 hours a day in a gym yeah for like five days oh, I so I went to Moscow the first time with um Phil Sarah and D- Dave <laughs> I was too scared to go anywhere I literally like stuck to Sarah like a fly on shit <laughs> I was like because <laughs> it's like the scariest place I've ever been. Um, yeah. I, I just remember Moscow. You've never known cold until you've been to Moscow. And Correct. it was the coldest I have ever been. Mm. Like to your soul. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Everything. And even for the week after I got home, I was still <laughs> cold. <laughs> yeah, that's it, mate. <laughs> All right. We'll wrap this up. Standard stock questions. Um, Stop question number one, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Um, stop giving a shit about what other people think and um, know that you're a good person and just do what you feel is best. Surprise flip of the question. What would your 20-year-old self be most proud of the today you for? Oh, my God. Ah, I didn't prep you that. I don't prep people up. No, you didn't. Say that again. What would the 20-year-old me be most proud of the you today for um overcoming all the horrible nasty comments and messages that I used to get that I never used to either rise to or respond to and work had to work really really hard at getting over them and not making them a a thing 
yeah, let, let's just not pause for too long on that. Just want every single Les Mills instructor who will listen to this. See the amount of damaging, horrible, vile messages Les Mills trainers get. Mm. It's absolutely disgusting. And what's a, have you ever been? You know, it's really creepy. Some of them are really creepy. Have you ever got the message yeah. at your feet? I've, I, well, without going into it, I've had messages about many things including my feet and people asking mm. for clothes that I have worn and mm. unwashed clothes that I've worn and yeah. do you know it's not just that that is creepy it's stuff that is just they're just just saying nasty things either about you or the way you look or mm. honestly if I tell it honestly people are telling you that you're too ugly to be a trainer that you look like a bloke that you're um like you must be sleeping with somebody to get there because you're you're shit like people say so like and when you're no one's ever that confident so hearing mm. it from other people hearing such horrible things from other people like genuinely crushes you and you end up going home because you've worked you know 100 hours that week and you go home on your own <laughs> and cry and yeah. like but um you know and then you go to the next module where people think you're a bitch and um you know you're constantly having to work pretty hard at dropping a uh what is it like when people have got a image of you um yeah the, the persona is that you know, yeah, yeah like yeah. when people think that you are a certain way and for a long time i just didn't even know why they did but i think the more that the more nasty things people said about me the more my guard went up because deep down mm. i was so upset about mm. what was being said i thought well if i don't let anyone have the opportunity to like message me or talk to me about it then i won't hear anything mm. bad but yeah oh there's a, that sounds like everyone was horrible most most were absolutely wonderful amazing people but you know the keyboard warriors out there need to uh have a word with themselves it's as again i said to a lot of trainers when the first one of the team say like you'll know you'll know you're a trainer when you get a message about either unworn or sorry unwashed clothes or mm. somebody wants to see a picture of your feet so that <laughs> that's when you know you're a trainer so <laughs> when you is that when you've made it yeah, that's when you made it as a trainer. That's when you're officially a trainer. Somebody wants Brilliant. to see a picture of your feet. Yeah. Yeah. And it, just for anyone listening, if you do want to see a picture of my feet, it is 20 quid. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what books have you read recently or listened to or podcasts would you recommend it to? You can include uh, children's books and uh, I was say, stories. I would love to even tell you that I've read a book since my son has been born I think I've washed my hair three times since he's been born that's how much time I have um so the last thing I read because I do a lot of googling rather than reading was about um trying to get my nocturnal child to sleep at night and I've uh, I'm I read this amazing um like article on sleep training which me and my other half did two weeks ago and as you can hear my baby is asleep and it oh. worked <laughs> so yeah that's the most that <laughs> not very helpful to fitness professionals listening i'm sure that's bored everyone to to tears but um that well, is well, the what, truth. what was it what like what was the technique can you share because there'll be mums listening to this and they'll be like whoa <laughs> do you know what i think it was called it's something like called the chair technique or something it's basically where you go in and you, uh, you identify why your child can't go through a sleep cycle. Nine times out of 10, it's because they're getting rocked to sleep or they've got a bottle in their mouth or um, they need like white noise or they need something to help them fall asleep. And when they go through a sleep cycle, if they don't have that something, 
then they're like, and then they scream until they get that something again. So it's teaching them to fall asleep without said something. It basically involves putting your child down, sitting next to them and just letting them cry until they fall asleep. So the first night, so Baron is like, my child hasn't cried except for when he had his jabs for six months just just more six and a half months the first night he cried for an hour whilst I was sat next to him and he slept all the way through until quarter past four so I was just like so the whole night I then woke up thinking something awful had happened and I was going in to like check that he was still breathing because I thought there's no way he could still be asleep and then at quarter past four he cried for an hour and a half and went back to sleep <laughs> I'm laughing now but at the time I didn't think I've ever cried so much in my whole life it's heartbreaking but you just got to think like you're teaching your child a skill. It's not nice giving your child injections, but they need it so that they mm-hmm. don't die. So it's just a life skill that you're teaching this person. And now, like 25 past six, I put him to sleep, put him in his room. He rolled around for five minutes. Sleep. That's amazing. Let them cry. Yeah. Just let them cry themselves, the exhaustion. <laughs> That's so tricky. That is actually so awful, but send me what happened. <laughs> uh, making me sound like a less awful human <laughs> it's basically what happened yeah i sat in the room with him i didn't like leave him in there on his own <laughs> I, I i feel like you're trying to save yourself right now you haven't you haven't said that at the bad like this is like this is a thing it's it's like that episode of friends where rachel's singing um baby got back to yeah, yeah, yeah. emily it's like to emma yeah emma emily emma her name's emma Ross's ex's Emily and it's quite Correct. funny because at the wedding he called her mm-hmm. Rachel and I'm now yes. making that mistake <laughs> thank god it's just a sick home and it's not real <laughs> <laughs> I mean thank god yeah, yeah. but you, you, you gotta do what you gotta do yeah and it uh, worked so and then the whole household is sleeping so life I'm is not, wonderful this one is normally I'd keep this one you know light what what are you obsessed with right now so through Netflix and lockdown I completed mm. Suits in like eight weeks. Mm-hmm. I just got like, I was watching Suits back to back to back to back to back. I was even on YouTube watching the outtakes and shit. Oh, yeah. and, like I was, uh, I was in a dark place. Um, right now, I've kind of, I don't know if I really have, I'm really obsessed with learning about Facebook adverts, but like on a massive scale, like mm. how Apple would use Facebook adverts, not mm. like how some shitty wee personal trainer would use Facebook yeah. adverts, but like, it, it, well, so as in how they work. like pry into your life and know exactly how to get the sponsored ad you were just talking about. Yeah, or sometimes not even talking about. Like you're thinking just about thinking, it and they yeah, know yeah. it because you know you've yeah. you know you've googled the word hammer and yeah. then you've searched for in on the B and Q website you've searched for breeze blocks and then all of a sudden they know that you're going to be doing your gardening. So in six mm. months time, you'll get mm. feet and weed posted mm. towards you. You're like, oh, I was just thinking about that. Um, so yeah, I'm weirdly obsessed with that. So yeah, what weird obsessions do you have? What, apart from um, Married at First Start Australia? <laughs> yeah, it's which has, which has, it is weird. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's an obsession. I got like, you know, when you get into a, um, into series on the telly, I watched all of, this is not pleasant, I watched all of um, Britain's Darkest Taboo. If you haven't watched that, mm-hmm. it is it is a series about the most sick, like murderers, rapists, psychopaths that are <laughs> true stories in Britain. And they like interview their victims and like tell the whole story. There's about 20 of them. Like some of them are 
dark. So I watched it. I got into watching those. That's not entertainment. Yeah, but yeah, Ricky, it is though. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like, no, like I love watching about like murderers. No, 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 no. <laughs> Ricky is no, true. No, you're wrong. Like, okay. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then final question. What is next for you today, tonight? Um, I'm going to pray to the sleep gods that my child stays asleep. Um, Mark has just actually just messaged me. So he's just locked up the gym. We had our first three fully booked classes tonight, which is very exciting. Um, And I've like turned into, what is it, a 50s housewife. So my man's going to get home from work and I'm going to cook him dinner whilst the baby's asleep. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm going to work at six o'clock tomorrow morning. I'm doing the early, early doors tomorrow. Kate, I have loved having you on for many reasons, mainly just to get a good catch-up and a good chat. It's been good fun. It's been really nice talking to you. It really has. I want to put the links for everything in the show notes. Um, however, you know, f- from yourself, where is the best place for people to follow you and the origin on social media? So um, I am the world's worst at getting back to anyone on Facebook Messenger. It's why, Ricky, just to have this conversation, message me on <laughs> I message, WhatsApp, email, just because I'm useless. I'm useless. <laughs> so I honestly get, please don't message me on Facebook. I don't even, I barely look at them. So we've got a very awesome website, which I will give you the link to. And our um, Instagram and Facebook uh, for Origin is always manned by <laughs> both of us. Um, yeah, and we've got every little bit of information on there possible. Um, if you want to look at my Instagram, what used to be inspirational training photos are now um, photos of me doing push-ups and photos of my son. <laughs> <laughs> How things have changed. It. Like they used to be like perfectly structured, flawed Instagram photos, and now like I look like a potato on most of them. <laughs> but that's fine. It's, it's all just You're it's done. all just taking a real turn. Yeah, it's the story. It's the story. That's what people want to see. No, it's good. It's not. It's actually. Um, it's like freeing, just to let yourself yeah. do what you want, rather than worrying what you know. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> yeah, I've loved having you on. Thank you and so you, much for Thank giving for me, me your time. I've had so many podcasts which have surprised me for so many different reasons because it's taken me in different directions. Directions, sure. So what was really what I've loved about this is I didn't think we would spend just as long as we did on your Les Mills history. Right. Which I've absolutely loved hearing about it because mm. I think it'll be really, really good for people to hear because it's gone down about the negative side of it. Yeah, it's not, just a different I was just about to say that. It's just not it's not so much that it's the amount we talk about it. Like there's a lot that people just assume that it has gone one way and assume that Mm -hmm. everything's really easy when no one understands the the commitment and the work and the heartache that goes into being a really good trainer um and so when there are x amount of trainers that are still doing their thing like there's just in my eyes there's just nothing but admiration for like what you guys all still do because i did it for a long time and i knew when the time to stop was um yeah every instructor should just be really lovely to you all because it's really difficult really hard and everyone really really cares about every instructor and um 
yeah so next time there's a quarterly i'll I'll come as an instructor and like <laughs> and be team trainer jesus I, th- I think the next time will be a quarterly a live quarterly live workshops will be deep into 20 like 23 24 the way coronavirus yeah, is working out <laughs> yeah yeah. I'll have retired by then. I think I will have <laughs> as well, mate. <laughs> uh, Kate, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, mate. You're listening to the Ricky Long Podcast. Really hope you enjoyed that episode with Kate. Absolutely loved chatting with Kate and catching up with Kate. Long time coming. Um, be sure to check out Kate's social media, check out Origin Series, um, and check out the GFID Online PT business course. It is live now, and you can currently start right here, right now. Um, you can see all the details in the show notes. You are listening to the Ricky Long Podcast, where international fitness entrepreneur Ricky Long answers your questions and interviews fitness leaders on training, nutrition, and mindset. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes.